Hi, my name, is, my name is Rusty. I'm the pastor here. I've, I've gotten to meet some of you already today, and I hope I get to meet the rest of you uh, after service this morning. But if this is your first time joining us in person or maybe online, or maybe it's the first time in a while, I want you to know that you're welcome at Hope. We are a church that believes uh, that we're to love God with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, love our neighbors, ourselves, and to give hope while we strive to be a place of hope. So you are welcome here this morning. If, you're, if you were afraid to come to church today, somebody persuaded you and you thought maybe the walls of the church were going to come down, well, listen, they're still standing this morning, and, and so you are welcome here at Hope. If maybe you haven't been to church in a long time because of the COVID pandemic, and, and this is like your first time to be back in church because of that, I want want you to know that you're welcome here at Hope. If you know that the path that you've been on maybe hasn't been the right path, it's not been leading you to God, well, you are in the right place this morning. Uh, God's love is incredibly big. I love Romans chapter 5, verse 6. It says, when we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. Now, most people would not be willing to die for an upright person, though someone might be willing to die for a person who is especially good, but God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. And since we have been made right in God's sight by the blood of Christ, he will certainly save us from God's condemnation. For since our friendship with God was restored by the death of his son while we were still his enemies, we will certainly be saved through the life of his son. So now we can rejoice in our wonderful new relationship with God because our Lord Jesus Christ has made us friends of God. God showed his amazing love for us when we least deserved it. There's a misconception that you've got to have it all right all together in order to come to God. I can't tell you how many times over the years I've had somebody say to me, you know, preacher, I, I, you know, until I get the right clothes or until, until I get my act together, I can't come back to church. I can't, I can't. No, listen, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. So you may feel like you're underdressed this morning or you may feel like you're overdressed this morning. It doesn't matter. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. There's, there's some people who think that you need to uh, have a certain, achieve a certain criteria or be so good or, or so perfect in order to find the affection or the love of God. And God's word declares that he showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. We can't earn it. We don't deserve it. Yet he still loves us anyway. That's the story of Easter. It's not about bonnets. It's not about bunnies. It's not about baskets. It's about the almighty God who sent his son to die on the cross for our sins. It's the greatest love story that has ever been told. It's the story of hope. It's why we sing. It's why we proclaim this good news to you today. In Luke chapter 15, Jesus, he was faced with skeptics. How many know there's skeptics in this world? There's been skeptics in this world for a long time. And even Jesus, when he walked this earth, faced skeptics. They were known as the Pharisees, and they questioned Jesus' motives. They questioned his methods. They questioned the people that he associated with. And these critical curmudgeons, if you will, figuratively sat in their recliner playing armchair Messiah. So Jesus told a series of stories that illustrated 
the need to search for those that needed a savior. In one of those stories, he talks about a man who had two sons. In Luke 15 11, it said, to illustrate the point further, Jesus told them this story. A man had two sons. The younger son told his father, I, I want my share of your estate now before you die. So his father agreed to divide his wealth between his sons. A few days later, this younger son packed all his belongings and he moved to a distant land and there he wasted all his money in wild living. About the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him and the man sent him into his fields to feed the pigs and the young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him. But no one gave him anything. There's several things about the sun that I want you to see this morning, and if you want to follow along in your notes, there was a bulletin on the back table today. If you weren't able to pick one up, you can do it digitally by going to connectathope.com and, and simply uh, uh, clicking on the button that says Bible app. That will take you uh, to, to today's message notes, and we would love to have you follow along with it. It has the scriptures and all of that, so if you didn't bring a Bible today, you can, you can see it there in your seat as well. But there's several things about the sun that I want you to notice this morning is that the son rejected the father. The son rejected the father. As Americans, when we see like a younger son ask for a share of his estate, we see a petulant, uh, a greedy kind of child. You know, we think, you know, how awful are they? But when we look at this story from the perspective of the ancient world, of the ancient East where Jesus walked, during that time, it was really a deeper meaning. He wasn't just greedy, he was seriously just, they would count that as you ultimately rejecting your father. It was basically the son saying to the father, I wish you were dead. I wish you were dead. Many people grow up hearing about the love of God, and they may even commit their lives to Jesus at some point, but they've made choices where they've rejected the father's love. The second thing I want you to see there is that the son chose a life of self-centeredness. In verse 13, it says, a few days later, this younger son packed all his belongings, moved to a distant land, and there he wasted all the money in wild living. The son chose this path of if it feels good, I'm going to do it. If it feels good, I'm going to do it. He took everything that he had been given He'd taken everything that he'd been given and he wasted it with wild living. Thomas Huxley said, a man's worst difficulties begin when he is able to do just as he likes. Worst difficulties. Many times when we begin to live this self-centered life, in, the, in this life, see, the son wasn't, wasn't concerned about his father. He didn't care the, uh, about the emotions of his father, about the emotions of his older brother, about how his father would feel about this. All he cared about was his own pleasure, and so he took everything that the father had given him and completely wasted it. How many people walk away from their faith because they've lived this life of self-centeredness? Maybe they've grown up in church. I was talking to this young man in the last week, and he was, he was telling me about growing up in church. He'd grown up in church, and he didn't agree with everything the church did. But instead of, instead of finding out, you know, you know, salvation and studying the word of God for, for himself, what he did was he completely walked away from his faith. How many people do that? 
And not only they walk away from their faith, but they begin to live for what they want. The big I, what I want, what I need. The third thing that happened is that the son hit rock bottom. When you look at, at verse 14, it says about the time his money ran out, a great famine swept over the land and he began to starve. He persuaded a local farmer to hire him and the man sent him into his fields to feed pigs. And the young man became so hungry that even the pods he was feeding the pigs looked good to him. But no one gave him anything. The, the son learned some difficult lessons here. The first thing that he learned is that if you trust in money, money's going to fail you. If you trust in money, it's going to fail you. See, his money ran out. He thought, he thought, man, if I could just get everything that my dad has, my, my portion of what my dad has, then, then I'm going to be able to live, you know, and, and he goes out and squanders it all. He wastes it all. The second lesson that he learned under that was that hard times usually breed hard times. They multiply, right? How many know that? You know, car breaks down and all of a sudden, you know, that, that bill comes due and then... You get sick, you have to go to the doctor, and then there, something happens with your kids, and they, they need something, and all of a sudden, you know, you thought you had money, but then it goes away, and, and here this guy was, is that not only had he ran out of money, but a famine sweeps the land, and he begins to starve. It's at that moment that he found himself at rock bottom. He had to go to the school of hard knocks. He had to learn the hard way, and maybe you find yourself at rock bottom today. Maybe you're not, listen, I want you to know you're not here by accident. You're not here by chance. This is a divine appointment where God is trying to get your attention today because he loves you so much. This is a moment. I don't care if you've been to this church a hundred times. I don't care if this is your first time. You're not here by accident this morning. Yes, we're celebrating Easter. Yes, we're here together with family and with friends, but God has a message for you this morning if you'll hear him. Maybe you're not at rock bottom. You say, Pastor, I've got it made. I'm not at rock bottom. I've got money in my bank account. Life is good right now. But listen, if you know that the path that you're walking down, if you're, that you're on is leading you away from God, listen, God in his grace and his mercy, Mercy has given you an opportunity to make a choice and change today. So that's where we find ourselves in the story of the lost son. Luke chapter 15, verse 17, it says, When he finally came to his senses, he said to himself, At home, even the hired servants have food enough to spare, and here I am dying of hunger. I will go home to my father and say, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. Please take me on as a hired servant. I want you to see some steps to returning to the Father today. The first thing is this, is you got to come to your senses. you got to wake up. It says, when he finally came to his senses. Listen, there's a spiritual awakening that occurs in the hearts of the people. Some of you this morning, that awakening has already occurred just by you getting in the car and driving here today, knowing that you need to be in God's house. That, that awakening began when somebody handed you an invite card or somebody sent you a text or somebody invited you on Facebook and said, would you come and be my guest at Hope for Easter? That awakening began in your heart. And to return to the Father, you have to come to your senses. You have to wake up. You have to look around you and see that the path that you've been on is destroying your life. Number two, you got to choose to return. 
choose to return. Verse 18, he says, listen, I will go home to my father. I will go home to my father. What is he saying? I'm going to make a choice this morning. I'm going to make a choice today that I'm going to go and I'm going to return to my father. I had a friend of mine, tell, he tells a story of a time when he was away from God. His sister came and says, don't you realize that if you died right now that you would go and spend eternity in hell? And he looked at her and he said, yeah, and life goes on. See, there's some people that they know that they're away from God, but they're not ready to make the choice. See, the rest of that story is a few months later, my friend did make the choice, and he's serving Jesus Christ today. There, there comes a moment when people have to choose that they're going to wake up. They've come to their senses. They recognize their moral depravity and their sinful life, and they make the choice to return. See, the son chose to return. We've got to make that choice. And the third thing is you've got to confess your sin. Come to, you come to your senses, you choose to return, and you confess your sin. Verse 18 says that I will go home to my father and I will say, Father, you didn't give me enough money because uh, I ran out. No, it says, Father, I've sinned. I've sinned against heaven and I've sinned against you and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. He didn't water it down. He didn't justify it. He didn't try to cast blame on somebody else. He said, well, well, if my parents would have just told me about this or if I would have just grown, if they would have kept taking me to church or, you know, if, if, I, if I was like Pastor Rusty and his family and I got to go, you know, all this stuff and didn't make excuses. So many people want to make excuses now. Listen, I have sinned. That's what true confession is. And 1 John 1.8 says, if we claim we have no sin, we're only fooling ourselves and not living in the truth. But, but if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all wickedness. See, in a few moments today, I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you and I'm gonna give you an opportunity to do that very thing today. But before we do, I wanna conclude this story. Luke chapter 15, verse 20, he says, so he returned home to his father. And while he was still a long way off, his father saw him coming. Filled with love and compassion, he ran to his son, embraced him, and kissed him. And his son said to him, Father, I have sinned against both heaven and you, and I am no longer worthy of being called your son. But his father said to the servants, Quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet and kill the calf we have been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast, for this son of mine was dead. And has now returned to life. He was lost, but he now is found. So the party began. I want you to see this morning real quick the father's response. See, when we come back to the father, a lot of people think that we're coming back to a God who's like standing there with his paddle, ready to beat us, ready to say, I told you so. See, because maybe some of you didn't have a great earthly father. Maybe somebody didn't have a, a father who would look at them with love and compassion, but, but came at them with wrath and judgment. So when you hear the father's love this morning, you're thinking, man, I don't, even, I don't even know who my dad is. I don't even have a real father, or my father is not what the Bible describes here with the father's love. But I want you to see what the God of the universe, the ultimate father, does. 
The first thing is he sees the son. He sees the son. The father saw the son. Listen, I, I wonder if just every day he stood out on his front porch and just looked out. Now, think about this. 2,000 years ago, they didn't have Life 360. They didn't have Apple to be able to track where your, where your kids were or where they were at. They didn't have all the tools of the day. And so they couldn't just see. And so he had to go and he had to just look on the horizon and I wonder how many minutes, how many hours that he stood just looking out to see if the, somehow, some way, his son would return home. I wonder how many prayers were prayed. I wonder how many, how many nights were sleepless because he was crying out to God for his son's behalf. I want you to know that God sees you too. There's 7.9 billion people on this planet, but the God of the universe sees you. In fact, the scripture says he has the very hair on our head numbered. He sees you. He sees you return to him. And so what happens next is that, to write this down, the father is filled with love and compassion. Verse 20, that he was filled with love and compassion. The father wasn't waiting with wrath and judgment. He was waiting with love. He was waiting with open arms. He was waiting to receive him. God is waiting with love and compassion with you as well. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4, it says, But God is so rich in mercy, rich in mercy. And he loved us so much that even though we were dead because of our sins, he gave us life when he raised Christ from the dead. It is only by God's grace that you have been saved. The third thing he did was he, the father ran to him. He ran to him. He ran to him. He didn't, he didn't wait for his son to get to him. He wasn't passive aggressive. He didn't go into the house and say, well, he'll just have to knock on the door. He didn't turn a cold shoulder to him. He ran to him. In the 1980s, uh, Benny Hester beautifully portrayed this very moment from this son's perspective and song. I love the lyrics of the song, When God Ran. It says, he ran to me. He took me in his arms, held my head to his chest, said, my sons, come home again. Lifted my face, wiped the tears from my eyes with forgiveness in his voice. He says, son, do you know I still love you? That's such a powerful moment when the father runs to the son and he wraps his arms around him. See, not only did he do that, but number four, it says that the son, the father put the best clothes on the son. How do you know that? Look at verse 22. But his father said to the servants, quick, bring the finest robe in the house and put it on him. Now, I don't know about you guys, but, you know, a lot of times in our culture, maybe the father doesn't have the nicest of clothes in the house, okay? Uh, let's, let's just be honest. We get the leftovers a lot of times. We don't, we don't, we don't get the, you know, the best uh, uh, that, that there is, you know, especially when you live in a house full of girls as I do, you know. It's, it's just, yeah, you know, it's not on sale. I'm not buying it. You know what I'm talking about for me, you know, personally. And, and so, but in those days... In ancient East, the father would have had the best robe. The father would have had the finest of clothes. I mean, you know, it, the, the, there, you know, there's, there's like the brands, the off brands, and then the name brands, and then the name brands that are so fancy that even we don't know what they're called. Like somebody says, well, I'm wearing this, and we're like, huh, what? Did you get that Walmart, you know? 
I mean, it's that that fancy, fancy. That's the kind of robe that the father had. And he said, listen, you know my fanciest robe, my finest robe in the the closet? Get get my son out of this field. Get my son out of this stand. He smells like the pig still. I want you to get that finest robe, and I want you to put it on him. What the father was showing at that moment was he saying, listen, I accept you back into the family. I accept you back. Then here's what he did. He said, listen, I want you to go and put a ring on his finger. I want you to get a ring for his finger. Now, listen, back in, back in those days, this, this would have been proof of sonship. This would be proof that he's saying, listen, this is my son, because the ring would likely be a family signet ring, showing that the father receives him as his son and restores the son's authority within the family because the ring meant something. It would be basically like having daddy's credit card today. When they, when they had the ring, they would, they would stamp it or they would, they, would, they would do something in order to make transactions. That ring had power. It wasn't just a gold, a piece of gold or a piece of silver. It was something that had power behind it. God does the same for us. When we believe him and we, we accept him, the Bible says we are children of God, John 1, 12. But to all who believed him and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. Number six, the father then put shoes on his feet. He said, get a ring for his finger and sandals for his feet. Now, you got to think about this. You know, we, we put the scriptures and we put the stories in modern, in, in modern day times, we read it from that lens. But when we read it from the lens of 2,000 years ago, we have to understand that the servants and slaves, they didn't have shoes. There was, there was no such thing as them having sandals or shoes. They couldn't afford it, so they walked around barefoot. It was only if you had resources that you would have some sort of sandal. And, and, and he said, listen, I want, I want you to put sandals on his feet. This act signified that he wasn't going to take him up on his offer to be a servant. See, the son says, I'm going to come back, God, uh, I'm going to come back, Father, and I just want to be a hired servant in your house. And he's saying, listen, you're not going to be a servant. You're my son. You're my son. I'm not going to let you be a servant. You're going to have sandals on your feet. You're going to have a ring on your finger. You're wearing my robe. There's something about that. Number seven, the father restored his joy. Verse 23 through 24. And kill the calf we've been fattening. We must celebrate with a feast. For this son of mine was dead and has now returned to life. He was lost, but now he is found. So the party began. I love that. See, in, in those days, you got to think about it. They didn't have a refrigerator. They had a freezer. You know, we kill a fattened calf. You know, we put pounds of meat. Maybe you go, maybe go down to Rail 19 or you go to one of the other local processors here around the area, and you take that calf that you've been fattening and that, that cow, and you take it, and you have meat in your freezers for days. They, they didn't have a freezer. So when they killed the calf, what did they have to do? They had to eat it. They had, to, they had to invite the whole town. So it was, a, it was a big deal when somebody threw a barbecue like that. It was, it was a barbecue of epic proportions. Everybody was coming. Luke 15, 10, earlier, Jesus said this. It says, in the same way, there is joy in the presence of God's angel when even one sinner repents. 
when one sinner repents, when one lost son returns home or lost daughter returns home, there is, there is joy. When David was king, we, we hear about David, and maybe you've heard the story of David and Goliath, and you hear how he took the, 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 the sling and the stones, and he, he slayed the giant, and it's a motivational thing that even people who aren't Christians have heard the story of David and Goliath. David ultimately became this great king, but one time when kings were supposed to go out to war, he just sent his people and said, hey, y'all go take care of it. And he's hanging out and he looks down and he sees this lady named Bathsheba and he, he, sees, her, he, he sees her out outside and, and, and she's taking a bath. And, and he has one of his servants go get her and bring her to the palace and, and he has an affair with her. And then she ends up pregnant. She sends a message, hey, David, I'm pregnant. And... Um, and so David gets her husband and, and thinks, I'm, I'm just going to have him come home and, and I'm going to have him sleep with her. You know, it'll, it'll appear like it's his, his, uh, his child. Well, he wouldn't do it because he's like, man, all the other soldiers are out here at war. I can't, I can't do this. And so finally David said, listen, uh, I want you to put Uriah, that's Bathsheba's husband's name, I want you to put him on the front line. So he had an affair, but he said, then I want you to pull back when the fighting gets tough and leave him out there. So basically, he had him murdered. Now, there was no reality TV show in the day. There was no TMZ reporting all of this. Yet God knew, and so he sent a prophet named Nathan to confront David. And David, he didn't respond with, like, you're lying, you're, you're deceiving. He responded with prayer and repentance. In Psalm 51, verse 8, it says, David, David prayed this prayer, oh, God, oh, give me back my joy again. You have broken me. Now let me rejoice. Don't, look, don't keep looking at my sins. Remove the stain of my guilt. Create in me a clean heart, oh God. Renew a loyal spirit, or some translations say a right spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence, and don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation, and make me willing to obey you. Maybe you're walking into this place today and you say, Pastor, man, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm happy. I'm happy where my life is, you know. I'm happy living my sinful life. In Hebrews 11, it talks about Moses, and it said he enjoyed the fleeting pleasures of sin. See, sin's fun for a season. I'm not going to deny that. I'm not going to deny the fact that, that sin is fun for a season. But when you get to that place of rock bottom, you get to that place of rock bottom and you begin to deal with the anxiety, you begin to deal with the depression, you begin to deal with the, the things that come with that. You have to get your next fix in order to, to just maintain it in life. And listen, there comes that moment where you have to come to your senses and you have to wake up. And God is saying to you this morning, listen, I'm giving you an opportunity. I'm giving you opportunity to make that choice today, to confess your sins because his love is so great. John 3.16 tells us, for this is how God loves the world, that he gave his one and only son, so that everyone who believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting life. Friends, that's the Father's love for you. That's the Father's love for you. He chases you. He comes after you. He draws you. Some of you right now are feeling something in your heart this morning because you know that what I'm saying is true. And you're just like, man, I, I've got to make a choice. I've got to make that choice today. 
Some of you, maybe you're not feeling it in your heart this morning. And that scares me to be honest with you because it means that you put such a hardness in your heart that, that you're away from God so much that you're not allowing him. You know in your mind, but you can't feel it in your heart because you know you have put so many walls up to the things of God. The Father's love chases you this morning. The Father's arms are wide open today. Romans 3.23 tells us we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That means I've sinned, you've sinned, we've all sinned. Romans 6.23 tells us that the wages or the payment of that sin is death. What is that? We're all gonna die someday. But that death is really eternal death. It's eternity in hell. But the gift of God is eternal life. It's eternity in heaven. Through what Jesus did, his finished work on the cross, he died on the cross so that we might have life and have it more abundantly. It is by grace, the grace of God. You can't work yourself into salvation. Say, Pastor, I give to the United Way. I give to Casa. I give to all these places. I do good. I take food to the homeless. I do all this. No, listen, it's not by works. It's by grace. God said, listen, all you have to do is confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. And you will be saved. So I'm asking you to stand this morning with me. Come on, all around this room. If you're watching online, we want you to respond to God as well. If you're in this room this morning with heads bowed and eyes closed today, and you would say, Pastor, I'm, I'm away from God. I'm the, I'm the son. I'm the lost son. I'm, the, I'm a lost daughter. I know that if I died right now, I, I would spend eternity in hell because the path that I'm on is not right. And I need to make things right with God today. Listen, friend, the Father's love is open wide. In a moment, I'm gonna count to three. And when I do, if that's you, I want you to slip your hand up across this room today. We're gonna pray a prayer of faith together. We're gonna celebrate together because there's gonna be a party being thrown in heaven. We're gonna celebrate here. If you're in this room this morning, when I say three, or if you're watching online, simply put a, a response right there in the comments and say, that's me. I need to get things right with God today. I need to make things right. Raise your hand by, by putting it right there in the comment section today. When I say three this morning, if you're in the room, I want you raising your hand. Run to the Father today. Run to God today. He's running to you. When I count to three, I want you to raise your hand if that's you. If you're ready to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. One, come on, there's somebody in this room today that needs to make this choice. There's somebody that needs to make this choice. You, may, you don't know what tomorrow holds. You don't know what next week holds. You need to make the choice today. If that's you, would you raise your hand when I say three? One, two, three. Anybody in this room today that would say, yes, that's me. I need to make, my, I make, make things right with God. I need to make things right with God. Come on, I know there's somebody today that you need to make things right with the Lord. If there's anybody in this room, then I'm gonna ask us to pray this prayer today together. Would you say, dear Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. I believe you died, rose again, and you're the Lord of all. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for setting me free. In Jesus' name. Come on, can we give the Lord praise today?
Tish is gonna sing this song this morning and, and I want you to respond to God in a different way today. Maybe you're here, this is the first time, but you came in with burdens, you came in with needs, you came in needing hope, you came in broken. Maybe you have a relationship with God, maybe everything's been good as far as that's concerned, but you're sick, you've got illness, you need God to do a miracle in your life. See, God's love is more than just for, it's more than just for salvation. Salvation is the most important thing. But his love is so big. In fact, Isaiah 53, 5 says, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. He took the stripes on his back. If you've ever seen a portrayal of the crucifixion, he took the stripes on his back so you could have healing. Maybe you're here this morning and you need healing in your body. I wanna pray with you today. Maybe you're here today and you're, 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 like the, you're like the son, you're broke. Maybe you didn't squander or waste your wealth, but you just, you're, just the, you're just a product of the economy that's happening in our world right now and you need God to do a miracle in your finances. I wanna pray with you today. Maybe you're here this morning and you're, you're like, you're so overcome with anxiety. You're so overcome with depression. Listen, the peace of God. I love the scripture in Philippians where it says that the peace of four, six, and seven, it says, don't be anxious for anything, but in everything, present your requests to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your heart which is your emotions, your mind, which is your thoughts in Christ Jesus. Maybe you're here today and you're saying, Pastor, I, I, I've, I've, got this, uh, I've got this need, I've got this burden, and, and I'm, I'm just overcome, and I, I need my joy to be restored today. Tish is gonna sing a song. Maybe I didn't, you have a need that I didn't mention today, but you know you need to get out from where you're standing. You need to come meet me at this altar today. And you need to let me pray a prayer of faith with you. I just sense in my heart, I need to do this today. So she begins to pray, play and sing today. I wanna to pray with you today. Would you get out from where you're standing if you've got a need? I don't care how small it is. I don't care how large it is. Would you come and allow me to pray a prayer of faith with you today? Come on, Tisha, would you begin to sing this morning?
so much as anything to throw a party with. And now this brother of mine who, who, who uh, goes away and squanders all this wealth, he comes back and you give him a calf and he said, listen, everything I have is yours. And that's a message for the church. I, I'm grateful that we're in a church that's not a church of elder brothers. We're in a church that wants to give hope to you. We're in a 
church that wants to, to help you on your spiritual journey. We're not a church that's jealous because new people are coming in, because new, new, new faces are here, because somebody who is a lost son is being found. We're a church who's gonna wrap our arms around you just like the Father did and say, here we are to help you. And the Father looked at him and said, listen, my son was lost, but now he's found. My son was lost, he's now found. So what's the next steps for you? If you made a decision today, or maybe you, maybe you made the decision long before I ever even gave the altar call, just by you coming back to church today uh, and, and coming with a friend today, you've made the decision. Let me help you out today. There's a couple of things you could do. One, keep plugged into a local church. Maybe you're visiting family from out of a town, out of state, find a local church. You say, Pastor, I don't even know where to begin. Talk to me after service. Tell me where you're at, give me your name. I promise I will text and I will find a local church in your area that, that I would recommend to send you to. If you live in Hopkins County and you're not, you're not visiting because you came with mama today for church or you came with grandma or whatever for church today, listen, if you don't have a local church, welcome home. We're glad you're here. This can be your church. We want you to be here every Sunday, 10 o'clock. We have coffee, donuts out there every Sunday morning for you. We don't do the elaborate breakfast, but we're appreciative of Sue and Doris and the team that put this together for us today. But we do have coffee and donuts every Sunday and you can come in, you can worship, you can connect with us. Second thing is, is read the Bible. If you don't know where to start, let me tell you, there's some Bibles on the back table today. Pick one of those up on the way out if you don't have one. They're free. We're not charging you for that, but you can pick one of those up. Another thing is it's called the Bible app. You can download it. There's plans that you can start with there. What I would encourage you to do if you're very brand new to faith is start in John chapter one. And just begin to read that, John one. If you don't understand something, write it down. Next time you see me, you could actually reach out to me or call me here at the church or send me an email at rustyhopefamily.tv and I will help answer your question. Listen, I don't have like, like full, just because I'm a pastor doesn't mean I have like uh, all the Bible memorized. So I might have to go and research it and come back to you. I, I tell my wife all the time, she says, didn't you go to Bible college? I'm like, yeah, they just taught me how to study it. They didn't like teach me word by word everything. So I have to sometimes go back and look things up, but there's a lot of my experience through life that I'm able to answer instantaneously. And I would love to be able to share that with you. So get a Bible and begin to pray. The third thing, begin to pray. You say, what's prayer? Prayer is simply talking to God. We don't have to make it super elaborate. You just have to say, God, here I am. I want more of you in my life. Here's the needs I have. I bless you, I praise you, thank you. If you wanna know how to pray, Jesus said it in Matthew chapter six. It's called the Lord's Prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's a simple prayer and there's more to it, but I'll let you read that at your own leisure. Get plugged in. We have community groups Wednesday night at seven o'clock. We have something for our, our children and we also have nursery that's available as well. And we want you to be involved in hope. First Sunday of May, we'll have our, our church birthday. We celebrate, we're gonna celebrate this year 78 years as a local church. 
I know some of you might have saw the for sale sign out here front and you're thinking, what's going on there? Well, we're just trying to sell this so that we can move across town to new land that we have right next to the middle school. So we're not going anywhere. We're going to be here for another 78 years, Lord willing, okay? Just not in this location. We're ready We're ready to move on that, but we're, we're trusting God in his timing. But I want you to know that we're happy that you've chosen to be here. If you're our first-time guest, this is the first time you've been with us. If you'll see us, we have a, a gift that we want to put in your hand. And especially if I haven't met you before, I'd like to I'd like to know you. I'd like to introduce myself to you and our team. Many of us are wearing uh, lanyards here today. We're, we're, uh, we just want you to know that we're here to help and answer any questions that you have about Hope Family Fellowship. I'm gonna I'm gonna pray a prayer blessing over you and your family today. God bless you guys so very much. Thank you for coming. Thank you for our friends that have joined us online today. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you that you that you are the risen Savior, that you are alive and well. And I ask this morning that if there's anybody who, maybe they didn't make a commitment to you today, but you're starting something in their heart, I would pray that they, this week, make the choice to get their heart and their life right with you. And may the lost be found. Use us, Jesus. Father, I pray today that you would bless your church. You would bless your people. That you would make your face shine down upon them and that you would be gracious to them and give them peace. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you.